Welcome to the podcast by Kevin MD, brought to you by the Nuance Dragon Ambient Experience. With a growing physician shortage, increasing burnout, and declining patient satisfaction, a dramatic change is needed to make healthcare more efficient and effective and bring back the joy of practicing medicine. AI driven ambient clinical intelligence promises to help by revolutionizing patient and provider experiences with clinical documentation that writes itself. The Nuance Dragon Ambient Experience, or DAX for short, is a voice-enabled ambient clinical intelligence solution that automatically captures patient encounters securely and accurately at the point of care. Physicians who use DAX have reported a 50% decrease in documentation time and 70% reduction in feelings of burnout. And 83% of patients say their physician is more personable and conversational. Rediscover the joy of medicine with clinical documentation that writes itself, all within the EHR. Visit nuance.com slash DAX in action. That's nuance.com slash D-A-X-I-N-A-C-T-I-O-N to learn more. And now, on to the show. From Kevin MD, I'm Dr. Kevin Poe, and this is the podcast by Kevin MD. Welcome to the podcast by Kevin MD, the only daily medical podcast where we share the stories of the many who intersect with our healthcare system but are rarely heard from. Now, here's your host, Dr. Kevin Poe. Hi, and welcome to the show. Subscribe at kevinmd.com slash podcast and get CME for this episode by clicking on the CME link in the show notes. Today, we welcome back Kara Wada. She's an allergy, immunology, and lifestyle medicine physician. Today's Kevin MD article is titled Healing Clinician Associated Trauma, A Call for Connection. Kara, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for having me back, Dr. Kevin. So Kara's been on several times before. Just go to kevinmd.com slash podcast. Upper right-hand corner, there's a search icon. Click on that, and you could hear Kara's story from her prior episodes. So let's jump straight into your current one, Healing Clinician-Associated Trauma, A Call for Connection. How did your article come together? At the time when I was writing it, which was back in February, I was finishing up an eight-week course to become more trauma-informed and learn how to actually mitigate or lessen the potential for creating more trauma within my practice of medicine. And I was reflecting a lot on my role, both as a physician, but also as an autoimmune patient. And increasingly, the number of patients that I'm being referred that have been on what seems like this endless diagnostic odyssey and trying to figure out what may be causing the constellation of symptoms they may be suffering from. So what exactly does it mean to be trauma-informed for those who aren't familiar? So it's really taking pause and recognizing that each of us going through life has difficulties that we experience, and those difficulties have the potential to leave lasting impact not only on our brains, but also on our bodies in how we show up and interact with the world. You know, when we hear that term of someone becoming triggered, or I prefer using the word activated, it's really these situations that maybe when we're early in life or have experienced something 
that is frightening or challenging or triggers that fight or flight response that we find ourselves back in that physiologic state. We're not able to use the full humanness of our brain. We're really functioning from that survival mode. And it's not uncommon for many people who have chronic health conditions or who have interacted within the healthcare industry and that they will have had circumstances that may be traumatic, whether it's maybe a a blood draw that didn't go well or have had a near-death experience, or in many cases for patients who are marginalized or have symptoms that are hard to describe, hard to maybe understand or don't fit a checkbox, it may be an interaction with a clinician that didn't go well, that was more adversarial. So you mentioned that you did take a course to be more sensitive to the trauma that you see in the exam room. So tell us some of the things that you learned and some of the things that you are doing differently after taking that course. I think really the big thing is realizing that all of us have experienced trauma in some way, shape, or form. Mm -hmm. We don't make it through life without having some difficulties or some um, experiences that our life sees in that way. I think that recognition is huge. The other piece that I think is really important is to respect that our patients come to us with their lived experiences and we cannot take for granted that they are going to trust us right off the bat. We need to realize that we need to earn that trust. The other thing that's really important is learning and realizing that when we are functioning at our highest level as clinicians, the best way we can respond to things that maybe don't make sense or aren't really fitting quite the paradigm we're thinking about is to really respond with curiosity and compassion because this is really going to help continue that dialogue with our patients. And last but certainly not least, one of the best ways that we can help those who are who have experienced trauma is really restoring agency and their autonomy in that shared decision-making process as we are making decisions about what might be best for them with whatever situation is going on. Now, can you share a story, example, or a case study where you could implement some of these things that you just talked about into your exam room? What would be an example of that you could share? Yeah, so I have one from yesterday. I had a patient who came to see me commonly as an allergist immunologist. I have patients who are wondering if they have maybe a new food allergy. They eat a particular food or several types of foods that seem to make symptoms or create symptoms after they eat them. And the reality is for most of those adults, those symptoms are not true food allergies as per an allergist definition. They're not anaphylaxing. But that doesn't mean that they aren't experiencing problems with digestion or other symptoms related to that food. And so a particular patient came in for that complaint yesterday and I just let her share her story. I gave, you know, that five minutes to just tell me, how did you end up here? Turns out I was like the 10th doctor she had seen. She had difficulties with perimenopause symptoms, had changes in her digestion. And I just gave her that space to share. 
I also restated back what she was experiencing, provided some context to it. And I also shared with her after she had told me that I was the 10th person she had seen and so on and so forth. I said, I don't expect you to trust me off the bat. I understand or I would guess that you have had some interactions with the healthcare system that have not always been positive. And it honestly was just me saying that that brought tears to the patient's eyes and not tears of sadness, but tears of feeling seen and recognized and that she had been heard. And it was something so simple and took no more than an extra 60 seconds. But that brought our relationship, I think, you know, much closer than had we just continued on or done a few skin tests, said, hey, you're not allergic and moved on. Did you get a sense of what her interactions were with the other nine clinicians that she had seen? At the time, she was experiencing significant brain fog, fatigue, lots of bloating, vertigo-type symptoms. And not surprisingly, those are not easy symptoms to evaluate for. They can be caused by many different things. And when she mentioned kind of those interactions, often she said things would be dismissed as related to her weight or to are you just anxious, brushed off as to blaming other potential causes rather than really listening and hearing what she was most worried about, which at the time was the impact of perimenopause symptoms on her health and the symptoms she was experiencing. In your article, you write how the current healthcare system isn't really conducive to encourage patients to share their stories. Yeah. Talk more about that. Yeah. The reality is I am super fortunate to work in a clinical space where I've been able to really advocate to keep my longer appointment times in particular because I am being referred increasingly patients who have stacks of records or a long story. It takes 60 minutes to do a second opinion for a patient with an immunologic problem. And the reality is that is not the usual. The usual is 15, 20, maybe 30 minutes. But I think if we can do our best to make the most of these moments that we do have and to do our best to eliminate some of those barriers that keep being put between us and the patient and our ability to make those decisions together, I think that is where the real healing comes. We know, and from trauma work and trauma research, it's that human-to-human connection that heals trauma. And the reality is, although we're talking a little bit more about the trauma inflicted by medicine on our patients, that training that we go through from the time that we are pre-meds to the time we're practicing attendings The system traumatizes us as well. And so if we can learn to set boundaries, to understand that self-care is not selfish, it's self-preservation, and it also is necessary so that we can take the best care of our patients as well, 
then I think that's really the thought I focus on. And as I think about, okay, what adjustments do I need to make to my schedule? What do I need to push back with when administration comes asking me to double book or whatever to say, no, that this, what I need to practice good medicine and for me to stay healthy because a healthy doctor also makes then for healthier patients as well. Yeah, you mentioned that trauma sometimes inflicted by clinicians. You mentioned a term, clinician-associated traumatization. So tell us, go more to that. What does that mean? Yeah, what you will hear patients talk about within the chronic illness, invisible illness community is this term medical gaslighting. And that is a term, gaslighting was the word of the year last year. And essentially, it is describing this sense that patients will come away from a visit not feeling heard, not feeling like their story had was believed, and that their concerns weren't taken seriously for whatever reason, whether it was brushed off or perhaps those symptoms were blamed on weight, gender, anxiety, so on and so forth. Clinician-associated traumatization is this new term that has been coined by researchers within this realm to really provide a more all-encompassing term that describes what happens when these patients have these adversarial interactions with the healthcare team that aren't near-death experiences. So we have a term that is more related to medical, related post-traumatic stress disorder, but that doesn't necessarily explain these more like insidious kind of outpatient type experiences that may occur more often. And so this is filling the gap to give us language to talk about this, to study it better, to understand it. In my hope is then to find solutions to preventing it in the first place. Now, short of getting more time to spend with patients, because that sometimes isn't always the case. Tell us some high yield things that we can do in the exam room to to better connect with patients and get them to get them to share their stories and be believed. Yeah. So I think first and foremost, letting the patient have that that first minute or two just to share their story. It's one of the first things we learn as we go into clinical medicine is don't interrupt the patient. They'll give you the diagnosis many times if you just listen. So I think that's one thing that has been really helpful. Also, a mentor had shared with me recently, too, a real high-yield question that has significantly changed my practice, which is, what are you most worried about? And along those lines as well, is there anything that I should know about you in order to take better care of you? They're just simple, high-yield questions that may really uncover some aspects that may be really helpful. Other simple things, I have had a few patients recently that come in with sunglasses on in our bright exam rooms because they are they have a headache or maybe they suffer from migraines or light-sensitive. I can turn the light, ask if I can turn the lights off and doing simple things just to make people feel a little more loved and cared for can go a long way. We're talking to Kara Wada. She is an allergy immunology and lifestyle medicine physician. Her Kevin MD article is titled Healing Clinician Associated Trauma, A Call for Connection. Kara, tell us some of your take-home messages that you want to leave with the Kevin MD audience. I think one of the 
coolest aspects that I have come across in this exploration of the idea of becoming more trauma-informed, learning how our brains work, is that we really need to celebrate that synergy that we can have between our patients and ourselves as clinicians. There truly is magic that arises from our mirror neurons in our brain when we connect and we can co-regulate with one another. And that is healing in its own right. The other aspect is we need to just remember that at our deepest, most biologic levels, we all yearn to be seen, to be heard, and to believed. And so if we can recognize that and take that with us as we are starting off our day in a busy clinic or rounding on patients in the hospital, to just help that patient feel heard. This is what I heard you say. I may not be able to fully explain it from the science I know, but let's work together and partner together to figure out what the next best step forward is. Kara, thank you so much for sharing your time and insight. Thanks again for coming back on the show. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for listening to the podcast by Kevin MD. To share your story and appear on the show, visit kevinmd.com.